On the Seriously Weird programme tonight, we look at a lamppost made out of rice paper and ask, what's that doing here? We'll also be talking to an assortment of pipe cleaners in Latin and showing you how to develop a noticeable stoop. But first, what's this when it's at home? We asked deceased journalist Bernard Levin... As Heraclitus said, you cannot step twice into the same river. To be absolutely certain, we asked him again... As Heraclitus said, you cannot step twice into the same river. Coincidence, or was it? For further clarification, we telephoned Bernard Levin. As Heraclitus said, you cannot step twice into the same river. It was all becoming seriously weird. And then, just when we thought we were getting nowhere, an anonymous source tipped us off about this commercial... Duracell. No other battery looks like it or tastes like it. Could that have been the break we'd been looking for? Or did the break we'd been looking for include a commercial for Domestos as well? We spoke to a barn owl. Finally, everything seemed to be making sense. But who to? Or indeed, to whom? We spoke to Boris Johnson, backed on this occasion by the new Malden Monkey Orchestra. Let me give you miniband, asking me for money, and permission to purr. And that's the man who's going to lead our country and tell them that they are kippers. Respect, man. I could go on and on, but I won't, because if you pull my toenails out, folks, I would confess to you for 40 years. A convincing argument. Next week on the Seriously Weird programme, we'll be looking for a possible connection between two seemingly random events happening at roughly the same time. Coincidence? Yes. And in part two of the programme, we'll be asking Bernard Levin what this is all about. It's the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. Yes, it's a brand new series of... uh, what he just said... And without further introductions, let me introduce you to some of the famous names helping us to get things underway. First up, on the line from his home in the Hollywood Hills, it's the founder member of the Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Lynne. Hello. Hello there, Jeff. How are you? Very well, thank you, Jeff. Back here in the studio, meanwhile, it's a great honour to welcome the allegedly charming Morrissey. Joining him over by the nut roast, the legend that is Paul McCartney. Hi, hi, hi. Transmitting from a planet all of her own, it's Kate Bush. Hello. And live via satellite, we've the one and only John Lydon. Hello, John. Hello. 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 I'm not sure he can hear me. No, we seem to be having a bit of trouble establishing contact with John, so we'll come back to him later. In the meantime, may I say we're very pleased to have with us, all the way from South Africa, Lady Smith Black Mbazo. Creating a window for us in his busy schedule between the Pope and the Dalai Lama, it's Bono. Making a miraculous return from the dead, here's Marvin Gaye. And last, but by no means least, legendary Mott the Hoople frontman, Ian Hunter. Welcome one and all, thank you and ta. But first, here's the piece of music that introduces your letters and emails in Dear Dredge. And here's the piece of music that signals the end of your letters and emails in Dear Dredge. (laughs) 
and we'll be reading some of your letters and emails between those two pieces of music next week. Now, though, it's time for a much less popular feature. Let's John. send a truckload of manure John. to a randomly selected John, listener. Mate. Hold on a minute, John. That's odd. Richard, the producer's on the talkback. I wonder what he wants. I'll take that stupid echo off your voice and I'll tell you. Sorry, what's the problem? Well, surely, if you're going to play the Dear Dredge theme, you ought to read out at least one piece of correspondence. All right. Well, cue me in again and I'll try to find something amongst all these final demands. Oh, for heaven's sake, now what's happened? I've no idea, John. I can only hope it doesn't happen again. It happened again! Honestly, Richard, call yourself a producer. Very well, I am a producer. In that case, cue the rest of the Dear Dredge theme. Oh, there really wasn't much of it left after all, was there? Any road, our first and by all means last email today comes from someone whose name is rather appropriate. A Mr Basil rather appropriate. He writes, Dear Dredge, can I have a job on your programme? My previous work experience includes a six-month stint playing in the sound effects on Today in Parliament, as you are about to hear. Order! Duck! Order! Peanuts! Duck! Where has our spirit gone? Duck! Calm yourself. Your honourable friend is on his feet. And he's entitled to be heard with courtesy. This House should not be being asked to do such an important thing. It is part of the way in which people see our politics. Grubby, squalid, nauseous. Oh, gross. Mr Speaker, I have been played as a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it they only seem to pursue left-wingers? Socialists. Me above all. Disgraceful. It has been a general principle of our democracy since the 19th century. (laughs) This is quite obviously unacceptable. Well, I'm sorry to have made such a botch of the job. Order! We've heard their concerns and are making provision to reform the system. Well, Basil, we do in fact have a casual vacancy on the show, so why don't you come down to the studio for a chat sometime? Hello, I'm Basil. You just read out my email. Goodness me, that was an impressive entrance. It's even more impressive when you consider I can't drive. Do take a seat while I go over what the job entails. Right. On Mondays, you'll be attaching cubes to bowler hats and assembling hold you know, the sort of thing. Whereas Tuesdays, we'll be spent examining phosphates and old bits of bark. On Wednesdays, you'll be blah, 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 But blah, what Basil blah, doesn't blah, know blah, is blah, that blah, he's blah, actually blah, sitting blah, in the brand-new, nothing-to-do-with-anything show, blah, Giant Catapults. Let's see what happens. Blah, blah, and blah. Any questions? Yes, could you just run through the duties on Wednesdays again? Certainly. Um, blah, 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 and blah. Well, that all sounds acceptable. Where do I sign? Sorry about that, Basil, but thanks ever so much for coming in to see us, and most of all being game for helping us test our new catapult. (laughs) 
from the pages of BC Comics, which predated DC Comics by several thousand years, comes the adventures of... Yes, man! Aided by trusty sidekick and apprentice fitter Robert, Gasman wages his never-ending battle against gas-related problems. It certainly seems to be never-ending, anyhow. We join Gasman and Robert in the gas cave where all is not as it seems. Or is it? What are you doing, Gasman? I'm having a capper and mugging up on the gas safe register, my stereotypical Cockney chum. Holy inexplicable replacement for Corgi accreditation, Gasman. It's the gas phone, innit? Yes, Gas Commissioner Gordon? Ah, gas man. Thank heavens you're not down the pub. The Leebridge District Gas Company has reported a major gas emergency at 24 Reynolds Lane, Hackney. 24 Reynolds Lane, Hackney? If I'm not mistaken, that's an address. We'll be right there. Quick, Bob, to the gas-mobile. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move at... Let's go! On second thoughts, we'll take the bus. I'll get me Oyster card. Greetings, citizen. I understand you're having a gas emergency. Gas man, thank God you're here. My boiler's broken. Broken? What devious individual could have broken it, I wonder? So, my fault-finding friends, we meet again. <laughs> the broker. Who's he when he's at home? The broker is an infamous supervillain, famous for breaking everything in his path, with an inexplicable emphasis on domestic gas boilers. In that case, shouldn't he be called the breaker? No, because he moonlights as an insurance broker. Holy undeclared second income, gas man. Let's get him. <laughs> Blam! Thwack! Correct! Blonk! Fatang! Twerge! Gnook! Etc. Curse you, gas man. You have overpowered me with your onomatopoeic fighting noises. Well, you might have won this time, just like you did the previous 74 times, but I'll be back. Do you hear me, gas man? I'll be back. Sorry, forgot my coat. I left it on the... Um... Okay, here it is. Thank you. Anyway, uh, I'll be back. Right. Well, now he's gone, I shall repair your boiler with my trusty gas wrench. There. Oh, gas man. You've saved me from hypothermia and almost certain death, and in that order. How can I ever repay you? Within 30 days or I'll send the boys round. She's the girl with the sun in her hair. The girl wearing new sunstroke shampoo. Its creamy clear golden goodness cleanses, smooths, strengthens, curls, straightens and de-louses hair. Leaving it looking great and tasting delicious. Like you just stepped out of an oven. 
It's full of nourishing preservatives to keep your hair from going off, whether it be dry, lank, rancid, naff, oily, greasy, ratty, matted, bangled, tangled, spangled, or spaghettied, or even completely splunged. It's low in nitroglycerin, too, helping you avoid unwanted explosions. So, if your hair's a little bit dull or just plain awful, use sunstroke shampoo or wear a wig, but preferably use sunstroke shampoo. Now available in prawn cocktail and sponge cake flavors. season of award-losing movies for people who can't afford to go out or subscribe to Netflix begins on Monday with The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. I say it's a bit parky out there. That's followed later in the week by The Deer Hunter. How much to shoot a partridge, mate? Two hundred guineas. Crocky, that's a bit finishing steep. And Death of a Salesman. Good afternoon, sir. Could I interest you in some double glazing? I'll take that as a no. Plus the window cleaner's cut of The Man Who Fell to Earth. There's also the classic action of The Cane Mutiny. I am not staying here a moment longer. Terror in The Silence of the Lambs. Shut up! And Peter O'Toole's ill-advised consumption of alcohol in The Stuntman. <laughs> Plus, there's Wild West in action in High Noon. Dude, where's my horse? The black humour of women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Welcome to Loose Women. Great to have you with us today. And a week on Saturday, Roman Polanski's The Pianist. funny. I could have sworn that was Russ Conway, not Roman Polanski. But never mind that, because the season rounds off with the exclusive world television premiere of The Not-So-Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, just a few of the incredible number of lowlights in the new season of Cheap and Lousy Tat this spring on Thames. Now, episode four of The Aliens That Came From a Completely Different Planet to Earth. Last time, aliens aboard a flying saucer were about to capture our hero, Jim. Jeff. That's who I meant. You can't just let the aliens take you away from here, Jim. What about the washing up? It's Jeff. Where? No, I'm Jeff. In that case, what are you going to do, Jeff? I don't know, Frank. I just don't know. It's Jim. Where? No, I'm Jim. Jim, Frank, what do names matter when the whole of humankind is on the brink of extinction? You're so right, Jim. It's Jeff, for God's sake. Jeff, how many more times must I tell you? Never mind all that. We've got to do something fast. I agree with Jeff, Jim. Thanks, Frank. No, uh, wait, I meant Jim. Hold on, who's Frank? That's me. I'm Frank, I think. So that must make you Jeff. 
I guess it does. Has anyone ever told you your voices are so similar it's difficult to tell you apart? I don't, I don't know, know what, what you're, you're talking, talking about. about. Look, can we do something about the saucer? The flying saucer? Yes. The alien flying saucer? Yes. Okay, just checking. They don't call me head of flying saucer investigations for nothing. Well, maybe they do and maybe they don't. My memory's not what it used to be. Mind you, I can't remember what it used to be, so... Will you idiot earthlings stop dithering about? You're enough to make an extraterrestrial entity consider any attempt to subjugate the human race to be utterly pointless. So get on with it, you collective waste of atoms. I've got three more invasions to get through before tea time. Oh, Jim. Yes? Oh, I've had enough of this. The aliens! They've hit me! And right in the closing moments, too. I've never heard them called that before. Jim, don't die. What will I do without you? It's... It's... I can't live without you, Jim. It's... It's Jeff! Oh. Jeff. Jeff. Jeff! All right, all right, don't rub it in. Is he dead, Jim? I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. What's that, Jim? He's no longer alive. What will happen to Jim now Jeff has gone? What will happen to Frank now Jim hasn't gone? If Vera goes, will Jim go after her or before? Where have all the aliens gone? Where have all the flowers gone? For the answers to none of these questions, don't fail to miss the next utterly directionless episode. You're listening to the Nothing To Do With Anything show. I'm not. No, well, I know you're not. But the rest of you may remember that throughout the series, we've been funding the ongoing medical treatment of Don Durbridge, who was diagnosed a few years ago as being slightly odd. Well, I'm pleased to say he's joined us in the studio for a progress report. Nice to have you back, Don. How are you feeling? Oh, I am a giant owl. Oh dear, are you? No, John. I was just pulling your toenail. Don't you mean pulling your leg? Don't be daft. It weren't that funny. Nard end on. Last time you were on the show, your primary symptom of running around public places shouting the word biscuits had worsened to the point where you were shouting biscuits while driving up and down the road that runs directly outside and occasionally through our studio. Well, I don't want to count me artichokes before they're poached, John, but the consultants seem to think I might actually be cured. Really? That's fantastic news. Yes, I don't shout biscuits at all now. I mean, I used to shout biscuits morning noon and night. Yes. Biscuits! I used to shout. Yes, you certainly did. Morning, noon and night, and in that order. But now I've completely stopped shouting, Biscuits! Well, that's great to hear. Garbage! I beg your pardon? Now, whenever I feel like shouting, Biscuits! I substitute the word, Garbage! And it seems to be working wonders. Right. Garbage! Yes, I see. Not, Biscuits! Oh, dear. Garbage! Garbage only! Quite. Well, thanks for coming in and demonstrating just how far you've come. No biscuits whatsoever. Or not. Except perhaps for a ginger nut. You're a ginger nut. Well, 
Well, June, I must say moving into our new house and starting my new job has made me feel like a new man. Gary Newman? Now then, June, stop those 80s music references or there'll be tears for fears before bedtime. <laughs> but this is the life, isn't it, June? Sitting in our new lounge, having a nice cup of tea and describing what we're doing to the audience. I dread to think what we're doing to the audience, June. Uh, Terry... Oh, I wonder who that could be. Well, it could be someone at the door, Terry. Now then, June, what have I told you about jumping to conclusions? Hello, Terry and June. I'm your new neighbours. What, all on your own? Yeah, I thought I'd come round and say hello. And I thought I'd join him. Shut up, I'm talking. Sorry. So what brings you to Pearlie? Well, we couldn't afford to live anywhere nice. Yes, and I've also got a new job just round the corner. I'm the new assistant plinth exploder at Pearlie Plinth Exploders Limited. So if you've got any plinths that need exploding, just let me know. I'll bear that in mind. So will I. Shut up and ask him why the for sale sign is still on display outside the house. Oh yeah, did you know that your for sale sign is still on display outside? Is it? I'd better go and shift it. But Terry, what about your, you know, your problem? Where I did myself a mischief, you mean? Yes! Oh, that was ages ago. I'm as strong as an ox now, June. I mean, who won that Tarzan lookalike contest during that week we spent at Butlin's? I did. Yes, dear, you did, but I came a close second. To be fair, though, Terry, there weren't any other entrants. To be fair, though, June, there weren't any other holidaymakers. To be fair, though, Terry, we weren't on holiday. We were homeless. Yes, well, enough of all this fairness, June. Fair enough. Or is it? Well, I can't stand around here doing nothing all day. People will think I'm an extra. That goes for me, too. Cheerio. Hold on, wait for me. Right, June. I'm going to shift that sign if it's the last thing I do. If it's the last thing you do, that'll probably be the end of the series, Terry. Terry, when you said you were going to shift the for sale sign, I didn't think you meant you were going to pull it down by tying one end of a rope to the sign and the other end to your car and driving off towards Banstead. Don't you worry, Anna, uh, June. Just stand well back and I'll have it down in no time. What could possibly go wrong? a good day's work, Terry. We've rebuilt the house, and now it's time for bed. Excellent. Make way, June. I'm coming in. <laughs> June? Yes, Terry? I think I might have done myself a mischief again. (laughs) 
Now on the programme, it's time once again for our regular feature, Old Bits of Bark, presented this week by leading tree partologist Dr Leonard Sapling. Oh, excuse me for a moment, listening minions, er, uh, millions. Hello, John! Well, if it isn't one of our most popular characters, which admittedly isn't saying very much, yes, it's avant-garde filmmaker and amateur weatherman David Lynch. What brings you here today, David? A horse and cart, John. I couldn't afford the bus. Down on your luck, are you? Yes. You see, I invested my $30 million personal fortune into my latest film, which opened at the weekend. How much has it made since then? Three pounds ten. But fear ye not, John, fear ye not. I've come up with a new invention that is bound to make lots of money. I've invented licorice all sorts. But licorice all sorts have been around for well over a century. You mean I went to all that effort for nothing? I'm afraid so. But never mind, David. Rest your weary weather bureau on this KTEL floor. Delicious. If you could peer through the hole in the floor for a moment, perhaps you could reveal what's in store for everyone. Well, later this week, there will be an outbreak coming in from the east. An outbreak? An outbreak of what? Pianos, John. Good heavens, they're early. Never mind the stereophonic jiggery-pokery, David. What's the weather going to be like today? I've no idea, John. You see, the Met Office is on strike. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to say that, John. And so, until next week, I wish you a fond farewell or a fair fondwell, whichever is least expensive. Now, a bit later than promised, we bring you Old Bits of Bark with Dr Leonard Sapling. Dr Sapling, what have you... Oh, who can that be at this late stage in the programme? Well, if it isn't the end of the show. A show that was written and performed by John Dredge, with the producer Richard Cray, and a cast of partially human people and actors, namely Greg Haste, Anna Emerson, Max Dowler, Will Franken, James Shakeshaft, Miles Eady, Katie Slater, and a lemon meringue pie. Nice to see you again, end of the show. What can I do for you? 